Lang. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Y'all glad to be here today? All right, 2019, here we come. All right. Hey, I, I'm so excited about the first Sunday of the new year, and I wanted to talk to you about a certain person, all right? This guy's name is Dennis Avner. Uh, Dennis is just kind of an all-American guy, uh, grew up in Flint, Michigan. Anybody from Michigan? Okay, that went over. Uh, all right, uh, Flint, Michigan, and, uh, and he went to, he's like served in the military. I think he was in the Navy for a period of time. Uh, but over the course of his life, he developed this uh, attraction to uh, cats. He loved cats. He was, just, he was the ultimate cat person. He just uh, an affinity with uh, an affection for uh, cats. So much so that he decided to transform his appearance to look like a cat, right? Uh, look like a, a lion or a lioness. And so uh, 14 procedures later, uh, he looks like a cat. I mean, think about it. He had, he had implants on his eyebrows. Uh, he had a major tattooing, permanent tattooing on his face. Uh, he had, of course, the contact lenses with the slits in them. He had injections. He had actually a cleft palate put in uh, and, uh, and a, a, a splitting of his lip. He flattened his nose. He reshaped his ears. He reshaped his teeth, everything. To even have these uh, implants of whiskers to come out of his face like this far. Uh, he changed his name to Stalking Cat. In fact, I'm not going to put you at the picture because it creeped you out, but uh, you can Google him if you want to see it. Real deal, Stalking Cat was his name. Now, now, get, granted, if you look at him, you'd say that's kind of a weird uh, thing to do, right? Uh, in fact, it was so weird that he won an award. At one time, he, he held the, the Guinness Book of World's Records for the most number of permanent procedures to look like an animal. All right. So if you're looking for a goal this year, you could try to topple that goal. All right. You could try to win that, that deal. Uh, this gave him some notoriety. He was actually on uh, Larry King Live. He was on uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Uh, he was on VH1. Uh, he was actually on the Animal Planet. Go figure. Uh, Animal Planet. Okay. So, so this guy has made this decision uh, to look like a cat. And you think, man, that's odd, that's really strange, that's weird. And it is, but how he got there was not weird at all. The, what led him to make this decision is very common. You see, somebody at some point along the way told him that he should follow his heart. That, you know, if that's in your heart, then you should follow his heart. In fact, I, I saw a documentary of him, and basically what he said is that, that a witch doctor that he talked to told him that it would be a good thing for him to change his appearance and look like a lion. So uh, uh, he's following his heart. This is a very common advice today. You know, just follow your heart, man. Whatever in your heart is what you follow. In fact, you can go to Google and you can uh, type in follow your heart. You can pull down a little list of ways to follow your heart. I don't recommend you do that, but it's out there for you to do that. I raised girls in our house. We didn't have boys. We had girls in our house. And so we grew up on all, every Disney princess movie I know by heart, all right? I, I've seen all of them, I mean, from the classics of Sleeping Beauty and Snow White, you get uh, Belle and you've got um, uh, Ariel and you've got Mulan, you've got all of these. But the one theme in every one of these Disney princess movies is that no matter what crisis you're in, the way out of it is to follow your heart. I mean, after all, the, uh, the prince tells uh, Jasmine in, uh, in Aladdin, he says, tell me, princess, when did you last let your heart decide? See, it, it's you follow your heart. 
And so we've raised a whole generation that think the way that I make decisions is by following my heart. I mean, that's what I've been told my whole life. I've got to follow my heart. So we have a generation now that everything, every decision is made emotionally, all right? So if I'm not really feeling going to work today, then I'm going to follow my heart and not go to work today, you know? If, if I'm not really feeling this relationship anymore, I'm going to follow my heart and get out of this relationship. And I, if I feel it over here, then I'm going to go over here. Everything is about how I feel and my emotions and my heart. And that's the generation we live in. But let me ask you something. What if your heart is wrong? Ever think about that? What, what if your emotions are wrong? What if your feelings are wrong? See, there's this idea in our culture that in your heart, that's kind of your innermost person, there's this homing device that will lead you always to the right path. It is, it is your due north, right? And if you would just close your eyes and just kind of follow your heart and follow the lead of your emotions, then it will always get you where you need to be. But what if your heart is wrong? What do you do then? Well, I want to I want to take you to a passage that talks about the heart. Did you know that the Bible mentions the heart over a thousand times, <laughs> over a thousand times? And so uh, I, I would say that the God's, uh, God's word is an authority on the human heart. And I want to show you what it says about following your heart. So once you get your Bible, once you open it up uh, to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, that's where we're going to land today. And if you didn't bring a Bible, there's one uh, provided at your seat. We'll put the page number up on the screen. Everybody with an open Bible, everybody with an open heart and mind to hear from God, maybe a pen and paper to write some things down, okay? Proverbs chapter 4, beginning at verse 20. This is the word of God. My son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight, keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk Far from you, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Now I want you to look at verse 23. This is the, the pivotal verse. This is the, the central verse of this whole passage. And I want you to underline it. I want you to star it. I want you to highlight it, whatever you got to do to make it stand out in your Bible. Look at what it says. Keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. So let's kind of break that apart for a minute. It says, keep your heart. Some versions you might have say, guard your heart. The idea is a picture of a soldier that's guarding a prisoner and maybe he's chained to the prisoner, but he's not going to let this guy out of his sight. So he said, you've got to guard your heart more than you guard your house with your alarm when you leave, more than you guard your car when you set uh, the alarm, more than you guard your money, more than you guard uh, your, your phone, more than you guard your family, you protect your family. The most important thing is that you guard your heart that you protect your heart, that you watch over your heart. In fact, he goes on to say how you're supposed to do that. He said, you guard your heart with all vigilance. Uh, that, that means this is essential. That means this is critical. This is urgent. 
You've got to guard your heart with everything that you have, to do it as your number one priority, to guard it with your life. This is the most important thing you can do in 2019 is to guard your heart with all that you've got and with all the focus that you have, with all the energy that you have. Why? Why is that so important? Well, look at what he says. Um, he said, for from it flow the springs of life. Let me put this in another way. As your heart goes, so goes your life. As your heart goes, so goes your life. Do you hear me? He said, you've got to guard your heart. Listen, listen, do not follow your heart. Guard your heart. Don't follow your heart, guard your heart. That's the main thing. Don't follow your heart, you gotta guard your heart. And, and if God, the God of the universe, who knows you and wired you and created you, uh, drilled down into Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, to write down these words, and now it extends right to you, right where you are. He said the number one thing you've gotta do in 2019, the most important thing is to guard your heart heart. In fact, if you look at this in a couple of different versions, uh, it even becomes more clear. If you read the NIV, it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The New Living Translation says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Don't follow your heart. Guard your heart. And you say, Craig, why are you so fired up about this? I mean, you know, man, it's the first Sunday. It's supposed to kind of come out easy out of the gate. You know, I, I know you didn't preach last Sunday, so you're probably a little amped up. But why are you so fired up about this? Because I think this is, man, I can't tell you the, any more important message than this one to start the year. You've got to guard your heart. Well, what does that mean exactly? Well, let me, let me kind of unpack that a little bit and tell you and explain to you why this is so important. I'm gonna give you a couple of thoughts. I want you to write these down. These are very, very important. The first thing is this. Your heart cannot be trusted. You're welcome to First Colleville. Your heart uh, cannot be trusted, all right? <laughs> You're not talking about my heart. Yeah, I'm talking about your heart. I'm talking about my heart. It can't be trusted. By the way, when I talk about a heart, I'm not talking about the muscle that beats in your chest that's pumping blood right now through your body. I'm not talking about when the Bible talks about heart, the thousand, most of the thousand times a heart is mentioned in the Bible, it's talking about this. It is talking about the spiritual part of you where your desires and your emotions reside. Where, where your desires and your emotions come from, that is considered your heart, all right, your heart. And by the way, it's kind of interesting to think about that God has a heart. God's not heartless. He has a heart. In fact, we're created in the image of God. So as we have the, a heart and a capacity for desires and, and, uh, and, and emotions, that God is wired up the same way. Think about King David. Remember what it said about King David? He was a man after God's own what? Heart. In fact, in Jeremiah, it says that God will give Israel leaders after his heart. So God has a heart and God created you with a heart. And so don't, get, don't misunderstand me. When I'm up here talking, don't turn me off because you think I'm, I'm down on emotions. Uh, emotions are a part of you. Emotions are good. God wired you uh, with emotions, right? You're, you're, you're supposed to have emotions. That's good. That's a part of how God wired you. But you got to understand that there's something wrong with your heart. There's something wrong with it. In fact, in Jeremiah 17, it tells us, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. And who can understand it? The heart, it said, is deceitful above all things. In other words, the heart can deceive you. The heart can trick you. Your heart can say, oh, you want this. And actually, that's a terrible thing. 
Case in point, go back to high school and you're in, this girl's going to date this guy. She goes, I just feel like in my heart that he's the right guy. He's so cute. He's so sweet. He's so wonderful. Yeah, I know he's treated the last 14 girls really, really bad and he's cheated on him and been terrible. But I know, I just feel in my heart that he's going to change. And I know if I go to him and if I spend time with him, I know that he'll really change. He's going to be great. I'm just going to follow my heart in this one. And guess what? That heart's going to get broken, right? Because this dude is going to do to you what he's done to everybody else, right? Their heart deceived you. Your heart told you something that wasn't true. He said, your heart is deceptive. He also said, your heart is sick. That sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? But that's really true. He said, our hearts are sick. That is that, that is that they are so sick that they can want something that's bad for us. Our heart can crave something that will destroy us. Our heart can pursue something that is, that is, that is not good. It will leave us far and far away from God. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs uh, chapter um, 16, verse 25, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end leads to death. Listen to me, you cannot trust your heart. You cannot, I tell my daughters, you cannot trust your heart. I cannot trust my heart because my heart is sick. And the reason why it is is because while God created us to know him, to follow him and create a heart that is good and right, when sin came into the world, it twisted our heart. It infected our heart. And so we don't even know that we have a heart problem. We don't even realize that what we're desiring is actually going to lead us in the wrong direction. You cannot trust your heart. The second thing, I've kind of already mentioned it, is that your heart will take you places. If you follow your heart, it's going to take you places. But most likely, it's going to take you to places you don't want to go. Listen, if you, uh, if you just let your greed go out of control. It's going to take you to a place where nothing matters. You will use people in order to get stuff or accomplishments and you will ruin every relationship you have. If you let your lust off the chain, it will destroy you and eat you. If you you let your anger out of check, your anger is going to be explosive and hurt a lot of people around you. See, your emotions actually take you to places that you cannot see right now, but you're going to end up on this really hard road. And I'm telling you this as your pastor because I've seen enough of this and I've walked with enough people down a very, very painful road. And it all started, you back it up, to their hard decision to go a different direction, even though God's word warned them to blow right past that warning sign, right crawl right over that barbed wire fence, right past that skull and crossbow sign. And they got into a minefield and it hurt them. Your heart cannot be trusted and your heart will lead you to places you don't want to go. Just think about if you ever were a time in your life, maybe when you were younger or in college or maybe, maybe even now. And um, you're like, man, how did I get to this such a bad place? Man, my, mes- my marriage is a wreck and, and I, I don't know where I'm going. I feel so far from God. I just feel like I'm in a pit. Nobody understands me. How did I get there? How did I get here? Well, you got there the way everybody else gets there. You followed your heart. The prodigal son got to the pit because he followed his heart there. Your heart will lead you to places you don't want to go. And it will keep you there longer than you want to stay. Let me give you one more thing about the heart. This is why Solomon's so fired up about more than anything else. You have to guard your heart. Be vigilant more than anything else. Let me give you one more reason. And this is really, really important. Your heart wants what it's fed. Your heart wants what it's fed. Let me explain what I mean. Uh, Several years ago, the movie director Woody Allen 
uh, was exposed for having an affair with his wife, Mia Farrow's daughter. And this was a scandalous thing. It was, it was public knowledge. And uh, Time Magazine sat down with Woody Allen to interview him to try to figure out why, how in the world did you think this was a good thing. And for just about an hour, you can actually read the transcript of the interview. You hear the question and, and then him trying to justify and explain how this is okay. There's not one time that he admits that this was not a good idea or one time that he thought that this was wrong or anything like this. And then at the very end of the interview, Woody Allen makes this statement. He said um, this, the heart wants what it wants. The heart wants what it wants. I mean, doesn't that sound real romantic? I mean, I can't hold myself back. The heart wants what it wants. You know, a couple of years ago, Selena Gomez also uh, wrote a song to that same title, The Heart Wants What It Wants. And this is a lyric of that song. She said, save your advice because I won't hear. You might be right, but I don't care. There are a million reasons why I should give you up, but the heart wants what it wants. The heart wants what it wants. Listen to me. The heart doesn't want what it wants. The heart wants what it's fed. And what you feed your heart is what your heart will crave. What you put in your heart is what your heart will think about and desire and want and shape. We're living in a culture where you're being bombarded 24-7 with images that are shooting directly to your heart to create an appetite for your heart. And your heart begins to want what it's fed more and more and more and more. Let me give just a, little, a simple little trite illustration. You're, you're, on, you're on, on the couch at 1030 at night and you're scrolling through your Instagram. All right. You're scrolling through your Instagram. And all of a sudden you see, you say, you say honey, the Wilson's got a new car. Oh, really? What kind is it? Oh, it looks like it's a Lexus. Oh, that's really cool. And you're thinking, man, I wish I had a Lexus. And what kind of year model is that? All of a sudden you, you find yourself, you're on car guru, you know, or auto trader. You're looking up how, what, what it would take. Maybe, maybe if I sold the furniture in our house, we could afford this car, you know. Maybe we could let go of one of the children, you know. Maybe we downsize. Maybe I could get, the, I could get this car. I just got to have this car. Why? Because all of a sudden your heart was awakened. You saw something that awakened a desire in your heart. And now all you can think about is that one thing. You just want that because your heart wants what it's fed. You take that out and you say, man, I can't wait. Woo! First season of The Bachelor coming back, man. I'm going to get the whole family around, pop up some popcorn. We're going to sit here and watch this guy make out with 24 girls, right? Man, you're going to love that. That's going to be so awesome. And then you can't figure out why you don't look at your wife the same way that you used to. Because you've been feeding your heart lustful thoughts. And you wonder why you start looking at everybody else around you. Because the heart wants what it's fed. Don't you understand that everything you put in your brain is feeding your heart? Don't you understand you cannot feast on Netflix on things that you should not be watching? Oh, it's just got a little new. It's just got a little bit of that. That's okay. Just kind of fast forward through that. You can't, do you understand that you're feeding your heart and now all of a sudden that's creating desires and craving in your heart? Don't you understand that every lyric that goes in your mind, in your ear, goes to your mind and straight to your heart and you're feeding your heart? And yeah, you can quote those lyrics and you don't even know what you're saying. You're just quoting this rap, but, but it's feeding your heart. You can't, you can't IV drip 
uh, stuff, uh, illicit material off of your phone and into your eyeballs and you think that you're going to be impervious to that. You can't do that. Everything you do is feeding your heart and then you wonder why you have these cravings and these desires and this waywardness. It's because the heart wants what it's fed and you're feeding your heart and it's going to lead you down a road you don't want to go. And your heart is deceitful. And you, it says, oh, it won't hurt anybody. Oh, it, it's okay. Oh, you deserve this. Uh, it, it's just your tiny, you know, selfish pleasure. Nobody's getting hurt. Oh, the heart is deceiving you and it's leading you down this road. And you won't realize it until things are falling apart. You see, you, you got to guard your heart. Do you not understand that? You must guard your heart. Because as your heart goes, so your life goes. As your heart goes, so your life goes. Do not follow your heart. Guard your heart. So you say, okay, Craig, well, how do I do that? How do I, just give me some practical things. All right, well, let me give you some practical things of how to guard your heart. By the way, you don't have to make it up. It's right here in the Bible. The answers are in the Bible. Amen? Come on, give me a better amen than that. All right, there. Thank you, thank you. All right, so here, here are a couple of things I want you to jot down. How do I guard my heart? In 2019, how can I guard my heart? Here's the first thing. Guard what goes into your heart. Guard what goes into your heart. Andy Stanley in his book, Ask It, said that there's a question that answers all questions. If you answer this question, it helps you to answer every other question, which is really intriguing. I mean, I can have a question that answers all my questions. Yeah, there's a question that does that. And he said, let me tell you what the question is that answers all questions. Here it is. I'm going to give it to you. The question that all answers all other questions is this. What is the wisest thing for me to do? Uh, given my current circumstances, what is the wisest thing for me to do? Given my past experience, what is the wisest thing for me to do? Given, given my, uh, uh, my vision that God's put on my heart for the future, what is the wisest thing for me to do? In other words, what he's saying is that wisdom is what should lead us, not our heart. Listen, don't follow your heart. Follow wisdom. Follow godly wisdom. That is what will lead you to the path. That is the do nor. That is what will get you where you need to go. You don't follow your heart. You follow wisdom. And that's really what this father is saying in this passage. When you look at verse 20. And by the way, just imagine as I'm reading this, I want you to conjure up in your mind a picture of a father and he's taking his son by the shoulders, all right? And he's, and he's trying to get his attention or maybe a, a mom and she's holding her daughter's hand and she's pleading with her daughter. Listen to the emotion of this. My son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my saying, let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. He's saying, listen, son, whatever you do, man, just listen to my words. I'm trying to pour wisdom into you. I'm trying to get some, I've lived life a little longer. I've made a lot more mistakes. I don't want you to go down that road. I'm trying to pour wisdom into your life. Son, listen to me. Daughter, listen to me. You know, Andy Stanley, he, uh, he made another statement. He said, one of the primary reasons we don't seek counsel from wise people around us is that we already know what they're going to say and we just don't want to hear it. Isn't that true? That's true. Why don't you ask your dad about that dating relationship? Oh, I know what he's going to say. I don't, I don't, I know, I already know what he's going to say. I don't, I don't want to hear that. Why don't you ask your mom? Well, I, she doesn't understand. She's never experienced this. She wouldn't understand what I'm saying. So I'm going to ask all my sorority sisters. 
all their great wisdom and experience that they've had in life, in relationships. I, I will pull all of them. And you know why I'm doing that? Because I know that they're going to give me something I don't want to say. So I'm going to go to somebody that will tell me what I want to hear. I don't know how many times I've counseled with people. And as soon as I don't tell them what they want to hear, they're going to bounce from counselor to counselor, pastor to pastor, until they finally land on a great one that will tell them exactly what they wanted to hear. That's not wisdom. That's foolishness. It's foolishness. But he's saying this, listen, if you want to guard your heart, guard what goes into your heart. And, and maybe that means that you need to listen to some godly people in your life. Is there anybody godly that can speak in your life? This, this guard your heart is not just for 16 year old girls that are thinking about dating. It, this is how we go. Well, you got to guard your heart. No, that's not just that. It's up for all of us. All of us need to guard our hearts and all of us need to guard what goes into whatever comes into us through movies, through media, through lyrics, through songs or whatever. But yes, we also need some positive things flowing into our life. We need some godly people. So who are the godly people that you will listen to even when they don't agree with you? Who are the godly people that you will seek out their counsel even if you know they're going to tell you you're messing up? The true friend, the one who loves you, will tell you what you don't want to hear because they care about you. The guy that pats you on the back and sends you on down your road, he's not helping you. He's not your friend. She's not your friend. So you got to guard what goes into your heart. Second thing, you need to guard what comes out of your heart, all right? What comes out of it. Look at what he says in verse uh, 24. Put away from you crooked speech. Put devious talk far from you. He's talking about it in your mouth, right? And so basically what he's saying is you need to watch what comes out of your mouth. Now, why would he say watch what comes out of your mouth? Because what comes out of your mouth comes from what? Comes from your heart. And so it's an indication what comes out of your mouth, what comes out of your life, the pattern of your behavior, it all comes from your heart. Now, I'm not just making this up. Jesus said this. In Mark chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus said this. Listen to it. Very important. From within, out of man's heart comes evil thoughts and sexual immorality and theft and murder and adultery and greed and malice and deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. In other words, he's saying, man, if, you gotta, if you're spewing anger on your employee when they don't get, fill out the report right, that's not on them. You've, it's in your heart. You've got a heart issue. Well, I, it's just the way I was raised. No, 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 no you've got a heart issue. If, you, if you're constantly looking at stuff on your computer that is lewd and indecent, this is a heart. Well, I, I'm just a red-blooded man. No, 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 no. You have a heart issue. If you're constantly critical and negative with people, if you're always having to manipulate people to get what you want, this comes back to a heart. It's just the pattern of your life, comes out, it comes out of what's inside of here, your heart. So I got to guard what's coming out of me. You said, well, Craig, what do I do if I'm leaving out some things that I don't, I, God's convicting me. Hey, God's convicting me about my language. God's convicting me about what I do. What do I do about those things? Well, look at the first two words of verse 24. He says, put away. <laughs> you got to just, this is very pragmatic. You just got to stop it. You got to put it away. You got to get some accountability. Got to get, get a plan. I'm not going to go to these places. I'm going to do those things. I'm going to put that thing away from me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a conscious effort through the power of the Holy Spirit to, to not do what I used to do. Because I got to get that stuff out of my life. You got to put it away. 
Now, let me just meddle here for a little bit while, while I'm at it, all right? Uh, uh, if you're in a relationship and that relationship is not leading you toward Jesus and making you love Jesus more, then you need to get out of that relationship. You need to put it away this year. You need to call it to an end because it is not taking you where you need to go. You need to put it away. If you're in a, a, a friendship, and maybe this friend is like, hey, that's cool, man. I'm really glad that you're, you're in church and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. You go to church on Sunday. But man, Saturday and Friday, we're going to go and hang out here. We're going to do this. It's going to be off the chain. It's going to be awesome. You need to come out. No, no, no. You need, you need to put that away. You need to cut that off. If you've got a phone and it's feeding your addictions or it's feeding your envy or it's feeding your lust, not just for people but for things if you if that's what it's happening you need to put that thing away <gasps> you need to put that thing away did he really say that? i really did you well, you said tell me Craig, you're, you're trying to tell me that i need to break up with my uh, girlfriend or i need to uh, stop hanging out with those those people over there i gotta i gotta have a flip phone are you crazy what are you talking about? i gotta do that absolutely better to sever these things out of your life than to have a wayward heart because as your heart goes so your life goes. This is your life we're talking about. This is your life we're talking about. Don't follow your heart. Guard it. Guard what goes into it. And don't, and don't say, well, Craig, you know that everybody's doing it. Oh, Craig, it's no big deal. Oh, Craig, you're being over. No, no. Guard it. Guard it. Guard what goes in. Guard what goes out. One more thing, guard where it's going. Guard the direction of your heart. Guard the direction of it. Look at verse uh, 25. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Notice the, the eyes he talks about where you look, um, where you gaze. He's basically saying this, uh, listen, the best thing you can do this year in 2019 is to set your focus to know and to follow Jesus more than anything else. To know him, to walk with him in a deep and personal, intimate way, to, to soak up his word and be obedient to that and to follow him no matter what, to set your eyes and your gaze on Christ and to follow and obey him and make sure that what you're doing and the decisions you make are in alignment with his best for your life. That is the number one goal that you can have. But as you set your eyes and your gaze straight ahead like that, there are gonna be other people over here saying, hey, that's cool that you're doing that, but hey, come hang out over here or come try this over here or you know, don't be so, uh, so prudish over here or come on. Come on, loosen your morals a little bit over here. And there's going to be people throughout this 20 year, 2019 that are going to do that. I can tell you that. It's going to happen. And you've got to set your gaze straight ahead of you and not be distracted. Some of you, uh, God's calling you to give your life to mission and to invest your life in people and to serve him, to put him first in your life and to serve God within your church and serve God in planting churches and serve God in discipling people and serve God by going on mission and all this kind of thing. God's calling you, but you're gonna say, oh, my job's too much or well, I got these ball games or I've got this other thing. You're gonna have all these distractions. Set your gaze to pursue the things of God and to serve him and to fulfill the great commission. And don't get distracted. You know, uh, 
Dennis Havner. He heard these words, follow your heart. So he turned his face into a face of a lion. And yeah, he got some attention, some media attention for a period of time. But the truth of the matter is, people look at that and go, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, look at him, how courageous he was to follow his heart. You know, that was really courageous. Uh, the truth story is that he never really could hold down a job. I mean, who wants to hire lion man, right? He ended up living with a couple in Washington State for a while. They kind of got tired of funding him. At the age of 50, he, or 49 or 50, he left Washington and moved to Nevada, lived in a small little town in Nevada. The age of 53 years old, they found him dead alone in his garage. Such a tragic end. A tragic end. Because his heart led him to a dead end. Listen, don't follow your heart. Guard it. Guard it. Dad, you need to speak this over your kids. Daily, guard your heart. What goes in, what goes out, where you're going. And you may say, well, Craig, I just feel like I'm already kind of wasted it. I mean, I feel like I'm already soiled. I've already made so many mistakes. Then I've got really, really good news for you. And I want you to lean in here. I got some really good news. God can give you a new heart. Did you know that? The Bible says that he can take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That means he can take away a heart that's been hardened by this world, hurt by this world. Maybe you have a wounded heart. Maybe you're wounded because of the decisions other people have made. But God can replace that heart with one that beats for him. One that desires him. One that will follow him. See, the Bible never tells us to follow our hearts. But Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. 